going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K, the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. We uh, got the first practice of OTAs in the books. I won't be spoiling Game of Thrones this week because I saw in the comments that it made some people pretty angry. Uh, I thought everybody watched it already. That was my bad. I won't spoil the finale. Mike and I weren't happy with it, though. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> I, I mean, it was what it was. I mean, based on the season itself, it was whatever. Yeah. I didn't you can see his it. takes on Twitter. He has, he has all of them firing out. Yeah. Or he did on Sunday, at least. And yeah. <laughs> There was a lot to get out. There's a lot to get out. There's a lot to get out about OTAs, too, though. I mean, it's just one practice, but we got to overreact to everything we saw there. That's what you call a segue. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. It's overreaction uh, team activities, right? Isn't that what it stands for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> got to tell you. Your first Eagles OTA, right? Yeah. On the beat, at least. Yeah, yeah. on the beat, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was... Um, well, I mean, I mean you were just, we were just talking about the difference in media contingents between this and Jacksonville. There, I, I tweeted there's probably, like, in the range of 30 to 50 media members at the first OTA practice. So, like, what's weird is, so this is, when you even just look at team, every coach handles OTAs differently. This is my third coach that I've been under with an OTA. Like, this this was about in the middle of a Doug Marone to Gus Bradley OTA, really. Gus Bradley, you could go on the field and... Oh, you mean in terms of, like, access and stuff? Yeah, as far as access and, like, the temperament. Like, Gus would come up and talk to us for, like, 20 minutes during practice. We pretty much don't exist relative to the coaching staff. Well, and and with Doug, too, you could walk around the fields. So this was – we're all on one sideline. We're all seeing basically the same thing. So the access is kind of different. Um, If you noticed, I was walking around. I take attendance before OTAs every single day because it helps my brain and I know what's going on. It's just like like a checklist that I do because I'm OCD about it. But um, I just thought it was interesting how many uh, how many people were out of practice or were only limited. Um, there was a lot. There's a lot, uh, and especially so, when so it was hard to gauge like the depth chart and stuff. Yeah, right. So that kind of played into it. Also, I think what was interesting too was they brought in Casey Tucker uh, on Tuesday. He's an undrafted offensive lineman. They now have 18 offensive linemen. That's but the thing is with Brooks. Mm, Peters and and Lane Johnson sideline they have 15 guys so they can really fill three different units units. so I thought that was kind of interesting Um, you know I didn't think anybody really stood out like Carson got some like heavy praise uh, from other outlets that I don't know what they were watching see see, the the thing worth being getting excited about is the fact that he was out there right. without a knee brace fully full go for the first time in an off season since 2017 which is crazy i think he mobily looked as good as he's looked in a while like that's all pot like he was rusty but it doesn't matter on the first ot like, yeah I mean, it's not like he was he wasn't an, an mvp quarterback on day one like that's and that's yeah, fine you tracked his his numbers and i think he completed what 13 of 19 yeah, passes which isn't great i mean it, it isn't okay. great against you but, know yeah you have to factor in the defense in there too like right. the corners look good uh, he missed his first three throws. Uh, he had a couple of wide open misses. That said, like, he looked fine. I, I just don't – you can't go away from an OTA practice being like, oh, my God, he looks great, or oh, my God, he looks terrible. But that was kind of the reaction, like you said, overreaction uh, team activities. <laughs> and We're going to get that going. I was just kind of like, huh. But if we want to overreact, here's something we should overreact to. There was a significant number change that was made <laughs> over the weekend. Number analytics, as yes. they say, at uh, Ble- Bleeding Green Nation. <laughs> yeah, Charles Johnson, or no, not Charles Johnson, right? Charles, yeah, he changed yeah, his yeah, number, yeah. Yeah, Charles Johnson went from, like, number three to number 84. That's huge. Huge. 
Yeah. Huge. He already he, had a chance of making a team, but now. <laughs> even bigger, even bigger, DeAndre Tompkins went from one, sharing a number with the punter. <laughs> not a good look. Not a good look, to 81. That is Add a, an eight. Add an eight. That's all you got to do if you're that a receiver. Is a Add an eight. huge, <laughs> I mean, like, I think we could already fill out the depth chart right now. <laughs> number um, one? I mean. But speaking of that, you and I wanted to get in, into something that's very interesting at the wide receiver position. Let's talk about that a little bit. So this, we're, this is actually going to be a true crime podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Sorry, we're so gleeful. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were excited about our, jo- our terrible joke about this idea. <laughs> the curious case of Mac Hollins, yes. or the disappearance of Mac Hollins. Ooh. He... Gone so, Mac as it, so the, I, I I asked Doug a, a question at the press conference purely like to see where he's at in his development and like kind of wanting to know if they're worried based on the fact that he missed all of last year and he basically admitted like yeah he's still rehabbing we're going to make sure he's 100% to give you perspective on this because Zach's the one that asked the question so when you ask a question it obviously makes sense to you but like to literally everybody else in the room but Doug it was very a very clear that you were asking, hey, how is he developing as a wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. And he literally... He took it as like, I'm ignoring all of that. He's not playing. So. Right, yeah, yeah that, which is hashtag not a good sign. Yeah. Um, so so I wanted to... I went back and like found all the quotes from basically the last year because it's been like such a weird saga that, you know, we, we the running joke in like not only the media, the fan base too, is like, are we sure he's alive? Like, has anybody seen him physically? And I saw him like... From a distance at Novacare last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the closest I've come to seeing him. There's been other confirmed sightings. But, so I thought, I, I wanted to go back and just, sh- like, tell you guys the progression of, like, how they've talked about him. Because it, it goes downhill, like, real it's fast. It, it's like up and down, like, roller coaster. It's like, so, like, dating all the way back to, well, so first of all, I think, like, towards the end of uh, the 2017 season, he had hernia surgery, which wasn't the same injury that he, Peter, Doug Peterson made sure to point out at some point that wasn't the same injury he was dealing with this last year, which we were told is a groin injury. We don't know anything else. Groin often is a moniker for a certain area of the, of the body. I don't know if that's what's hurting him, but, uh, uh okay. So on, on May 29th, Mike Rowe, so that's OTAs last year. Mike Rowe talked about how you'd like to see a guy make a jump in his second year. Well, hope he'll do that. All right, that's reasonable. You have Gunter Brewer coming in, his college receivers coach. He looked pretty talented in his rookie year with the Eagles. Um, that, okay, and then you skip ahead the training camp. Alshon Jeffrey's out for all of training camp. So Matt Collins is getting the first team reps to start out training camp. That's big. This is this is good progress for him. Breakout year, Matt Collins. August 6th. Mike Rowe, we have high hopes for Mac, and he was certainly a big part of what we did last year. Like all young players, we want him to elevate his game and continue to find his role and help us win football games. Fast forward a couple weeks. August 21st, this is from Doug Peterson. Uh, so he's progressing, and we'll see where he's at. So he missed practice. He had missed like a few days of practice. I think he played like 14 snaps in the first preseason game, had one target, no catches. Never played in a preseason game again, by the way. Um, so he must have suffered it at some point that week. So he's talking about how Mac is going to be a valuable part of their special teams, and they want to make sure he's 100% to start the season. That's kind of what Doug said the other day again. Uh, August 28th, someone asked what's going on with Matt Collins. It seemed like he was back at practice and he was not back at practice. He kept being active and inactive. He's another one with a lower body injury, which is Doug's way of saying any, anything below the waist is is how he was hurt. He, do, he doesn't give us any info. Uh, he's feeling good right now. The rest has really helped him, and I expect him to be back going into the regular season. September 3rd. So is Mac Collins going to take a full workload yet, or do you have to continue mixing him in? Uh, I don't really want to comment on Mac status right now, but he's working hard to get himself healthy for the first game. <laughs> September 4th, 
someone asked if it was related to the sports hernia surgery, and Doug's like, no, it's not related. That was at the end of the season. That's not the reason he's been out. Not telling us what's going on. It's like getting fishier and fishier. You know, the 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 mystery keeps going. Uh, September nineteenth, the season's already started. Oh no, actually, I, I skipped ahead. So September fourth was that question. Uh, I think that day or the next day, Mac Hollins like says, "Yeah, I'm ready to go week one." I don't know if he said I'm 100, percent but he sounded like he was talking, like he was ready to go. We get to game day. You weren't even here yet at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And and they put him on IR that morning. <laughs> I think it was that morning. Can you, can you do that? Yes. You can. Okay, so that they put him on because it was oh, a Thursday. Oh, no, 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 no. They do, well, it was they, a Thursday you, game. You have to – yeah, that morning you can because yeah. it's the Thursday. Yeah, game. yeah. So you can. Because and otherwise you'd have to do it like for Saturday, Saturday, right? Saturday yeah. at 4. Yeah. So they put him on IR that day. Like we out of – it was out of nowhere because like he had told us the day or two before that that he was going to play. So then you cut ahead to September 19th. He's on IR. You can return a guy from IR. At that point, him and Mike Wallace are on IR. We're so Doug's getting asked that like every other week. Like, so who's coming back? All right, September nineteenth. We'll make those decisions later in the year. October nineteenth. Both those guys are doing well. We're not at that point yet with them. But once we cross that bridge down the road, I'll be able to give you more information. Spoiler: We haven't gotten more information. <laughs> November fifth. Uh, yeah, we're hopeful those guys will return at some point. But when that time comes, we'll cross that bridge. November 29th. Both got both guys are doing really well, but they're not there yet. December twenty first. We're still evaluating that. <laughs> And now we're at what's what's today's day? It's uh, May twenty third. We still haven't talked to Mac Holland since before week one. I have never. Doug, Doug Peterson just told us he's still rehabbing. What is this groin injury? I've never had a conversation with the guy, and I've been yeah, here. you haven't. Yeah, so I mean, he's a he's a fun personality. We both are anti his uh, new hairstyle. Oh man, um, no. we, we won't hold that too much against him, I guess. But, I mean, that's all he's been able to do since he it progressed with. Well, since he's like now. I'm at the point now where like. Everybody kind of assumed he's going to make the team. Are we sure he's going to be on this team this season? So, I don't want to speculate, but I can... Uh, let me give you a story about a guy who had a, a groin injury and then actually, like, just missed and his career is basically done. I'm not going to name the player. So, I was covering the Jaguars one year, and they said that a guy had a hand injury. Okay, cool. Whatever. We're not going to ask about it. Um, he's a third-string player. We get to right after training camp, final cuts, whatever, he gets put on IR. Never heard about him again. Like, never. Turns out the guy had a, like, complete tear of his groin. Uh, he hasn't been heard of in the NFL since. So it could be that we think groin and then we immediately think sports hernia. But sometimes it's more complicated than that. So maybe it's, I, I, like I said, I don't want to Well, that's the that. thing. Like, he had the hernia thing and Doug's like, no, this is different. So... Yeah, so I mean, it, that's the weird part. Like, that's have- that's the tough thing because the NFL, you know, one you have, you know, um, you have laws, you know, medical laws about what's it, HIPAA or whatever. Yeah, you have HIPAA laws, and then you also. You know, you also don't want to give away strategic information. Not that anybody's game planning for Mac Hollins, but <laughs> you've got to treat all your players pretty similarly, you know? Um, I mean, it, clearly it's serious enough that it's almost been a year. Yeah, I mean... And like, he was dealing with something during training camp last year, and I don't know if he aggravated it that first preseason game. It kind of seems like it based on how the reps just kind of went out the window, and then all of a sudden he was out for the season. Like, it, something happened. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if it was off the field, if it was in training camp, like... 
Well, didn't he just ride 15 miles? Yeah, he did. A, yeah, that's. I forgot about that. That's a part of this investigation. Like, he, that's curious. Like, if he has a groin, it, it, maybe it's not the groin injury anymore. I don't know. I know that when I ride a bike for at least two miles, I'm, it's I'm, a groin, I'm it's sore a, before I get on the bike. Yeah, so. it's a groin injury. Yeah. Um, 15 miles. Probably. Yeah. Eric, my wife was like, yo, we should buy tandem bikes and just go to like the Jersey Shore. I'm like, uh, I don't want to be put on IR like Matt Collins. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was what? That was uh, over the weekend? That was last or? week. Yeah, it was last week. Um, he's essentially become a mascot because he is doing a lot of like stuff on their social now, it's, media. It's, it's just, he's just theoretical at this point until right. we see him out there. He's kind of taken Jordan Melata's place as the guy that just does stuff for the website while he's here. And I mean, and, and Doug, Doug like made sure to emphasize that like OTAs are important, but they're not like that important in terms of like for, and he's not necessarily a veteran, but guys like winning a job or losing a job, but he hasn't been out there again in a long time. And then you have a guy like Charles Johnson who's coming in. He's ex- more experienced than Matt Collins, actually. Shelton Gibson, who's been around the team and practicing. You have Braxton Miller, who was around the team and practicing all last year. Um, I really like DeAndre Tompkins. DeAndre Tompkins, who, you know, he's getting an opportunity to prove himself. He's a fast guy, and that's kind of Max's thing, is that he's fast and can help on special teams. And if Tompkins can do that as well, like, I'm, obviously, we again, we don't know what the injury is, but and you can't rush it back, and you don't want to hurt yourself more, blah, blah, blah. But uh, his job security is going down the longer he's out. Like, that's just the reality, even if, it's, if that stinks. Yeah, we don't know if every coach shares the same philosophy, but Doug Marone wouldn't allow us to call OTA's practice when he was there. He said, you can, you won't win a job here, but you can definitely lose one. And, you know, it's, in one way, it's good that they're not rushing him back, like you said. Um, we even said it's not a concern with Carson Wentz unless he's misses mandatory minicamp. Well, that concerns out the window. Um, you know, there are other guys that are suffering injuries. It's good to get the reps from the younger guys. They don't really have, they only have one on one. They only have two rookies on the roster at the wide receiver position. So it's not like they're hurting for reps for the younger kids, but you know, you want to see what Charles Johnson can do. You want to see what Greg Ward can do. You want to see what all these other guys can do. The problem is you're not seeing what Matt Collins can do. And that could be detrimental going into training camp. I mean, I I want to see, I want to look up quick. So, well, the last game we would have played in is the Super Bowl, So, that's January. Oh no, sorry, February fourth, twenty eighteen was the last time he was like in a game. Yeah, I mean it, it's rough. Well, I guess the preseason game, but he only played limited and didn't get enough to catch. You so. know, here's the thing, and and I, I interviewed Josh Perkins about this. I've interviewed a couple other guys coming off injuries this year. They're all ready to go. Like they're they're pretty much good to go if they got injured during the season. I think the only guy that really wasn't in practice that suffered a major injury last year. Well, I guess Darby and Mills. You know what I mean? Like, Josh Perkins is back. Um, Corey Clement. I mean, him and, him and McLeod were, like, in the warm-up part, and then yeah. they, they weren't practicing. But that's a good sign that they were out there. Right, right? exactly. There's guys – I mean, Darby's running around. Yeah. So Darby was at practice. Yeah. So Mills was, like, Mil- really- Mills is also, like, a – is kind of – it's, like, a secretly, like, another strange one because yeah. that, that he suffered that injury against the Jaguars, I believe, yeah. right before the bye. And they kept saying, you know, it'll be a few weeks, it'll be a few weeks. It'll, all of a sudden, he was on IR. He only played half the season. Like, that – that was a strange one, and he, and he was on a boot as recently as like a month ago. Yeah, and Mills um, was a guy that a lot of us talked to in the locker room, just not just hey, how you doing? He yeah, seemed I mean, like he was, he was in the locker. I saw him in the locker room when we walked in uh, the other day, and he didn't have a boot on, but he wasn't practicing again. Yeah, he, he didn't have a he was doing stuff for the autism race when he didn't have a boot on either. So. Ooh. 
I don't know. This team is very weird with the way they handle their depth chart. It also seems like some players kind of know where they stand with the team, which isn't really great when you're going into OTAs. <laughs> this early. <laughs> um, but, again, yeah, Matt it's just so weird. Like, yeah. It's one thing to not, like, talk about a player, but to have so many mixed signals about a player is in, very In the way he's just like, I'm sure he's around the team. Like, it was oh, like, yeah, sure. Like, it was like the thing with Jarnigan. Like, we never saw him for until he was, like, the week before he was back, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, know, but, for, I know for a fact he's talked to DeAndre Tompkins because Tompkins was trying to figure out a living situation. And then Mac, of course, in all of his wisdom, said, hey, you should just live near the facility and, and get a, a bike. bike. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so he said that during rookie mini camp, which I thought was funny. But um, and that's when I saw him from a distance. So there's multiple sources there's confirming that he's there's alive. There's layers. <laughs> uh, there's layers to this reporting. But like joking aside, like it's just a strange situation. Like that's. <laughs> I mean, it's a strange situation. We've devoted you know twelve a lot minutes of time talking about Mac Collins. But who, who is, else is investigating this? But Nobody. It, but it is like very bizarre. I mean, it really is. Um, this is gonna be the next serial podcast. When, yeah. <laughs> when he retires, uh, the Mac before Holland, the season or something. Mac Collins files. Uh, <laughs> so talk about OTAs. Yeah. Um, what are some uh, here? So you talk, you said I like there's no like stars, but I would say one guy that like I think everybody agreed stood out was Dallas Goddard. Yeah, Dallas um, Goddard, Navante. He Madden. looks again. It's OTAs. Like we're overreacting. We we accept that as long as you guys accept that for everything else we say. Dallas Goddard's the best tight end in the NFL. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> legitimately though, like I came out of that. I know his one practice. He just looked. He does. He talked about how he wanted to get bigger, faster, stronger this offseason. I thought he looked bigger, faster, and stronger. He caught everything that was thrown his way. There's one play where Carson Wentz like threw had a weirdly placed ball out of Zach Ertz in, in their red zone drills and it like deflected off Ertz and Goddard like was there he grabbed it took it in the end zone, um, like th- this kid has the potential to be a top ten tight end by the end of the season in the NFL and the Eagles have two of them <laughs> like that it's, it's just it's nuts they need to get that guy the ball. Do you think he was listening to a lot of Kanye West like bigger faster stronger? <laughs> oh yeah, good uh, one. Um, but yeah he looked great. There was the the one play. Um, so if Goddard's your guy that you took away from having a great day, Avante Maddox. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my they're, gosh. they're two rookies from last year. Yeah, and they're buddies. And yeah, I see them tweeting at each other all the time. It's pretty funny. They had a collision. Well, so Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones collided with Zach Ertz during red zone 11 on 11, and the ball went up in the air and was almost picked off. And Dallas Goddard, out of nowhere, just reaches for the ball, grabs it, and walks into the end zone for a touchdown. I thought that was like a really interesting play from the day. But yeah, um, so that's a lesson in kind of like trading out of the first round. That trade is turning. Oh, out those to are the two guys. Unbelievable. Then, yeah. Well, they got well, and Miles Sanders, right? Yeah. So they've got their they got Miles their future Sanders. starting running back. They're who would be a starting tight end in like 30 other or 25 other teams in the league and uh, you got Avante Maddox who might be like arguably their most important defensive player if you look like five years down the line yeah I, I think they nailed that trade yeah even if Miles My- Sanders is, is a 1B guy for the rest of his career I mean they have, to have a guy on a rookie contract for a while so right four so. years and Matt Maddox by the way they had at the number one I mean again everybody's injured but they had him at the number one nickel spot which is at least interesting because yeah. Sidney Jones was there I, I so Jones and and Douglas were outside, were outside yeah uh, but I do but think, if, they, if they viewed Jones as like the top nickel, you would think they would have put him at correct. nickel. 
because Maddox has played yeah. outside. I think this, from my optics, I do think Jalen Mills will be the starter going into training camp. I think Darby, Darby will be a starter, and then I think Maddox will be nickel. I think uh, Jones will back up Mills, and uh, Douglas will back up Darby. I don't think and it's going to be... And will back up Maddox. Right. I think that's the way they're going to do it. That's be- a ridiculous depth chart, by the way. I mean, yeah, they're... It- <laughs> They've got a good depth chart. Yeah. It, it's, they're, like Josh they're Hawkins, okay. you kidding me? <laughs> Josh Hawkins actually played really well. Josh Hawkins stood out to me. So did Jeremiah McKinnon. Jeremiah McKinnon almost had two picks in that. I forgot practice. they even had him in, on the roster until recently. Didn't we all? But, like, <laughs> you know, uh, they stood out. I thought Alex Singleton, the, the former CFL your, player. Your boy? Yeah, he had a blitz uh, in 11-on-11 that was so fast. Like, it was almost like he was offside by two seconds. That's how fast he got to the yeah, NFL. Yeah. And if it would have been a live practice, he would have killed him. Yeah. Uh, I thought the defensive ends looked pretty good. Uh, I saw Sharif Miller get pretty close to a couple sacks. I call it Josh Sweat was getting some pressure. Jordan Mailata, by the way, on the, on the flip side of that, he was playing right tackle with the first team. Uh, Vitao was right guard. Dillard was left tackle. Um, was there anybody else? Different? That, was that, that was that was the substitutes. My lot of look. I mean, considering he's only played again, we talk about it a lot. He looked solid. I mean, he 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 clearly has a lot to learn, but I think that it's really smart what they're doing there because right now. You know, you're, you're. It doesn't really matter if you're impacting Vitae's future because he's not going to be here after this year. So you use him as a guard. He's a he's a backup who can play everything. You're developing Mylata as the future swing tackle, and you have Dillard who's developing to replace Jason Peters. Like this is this is a good time of the year for that offensive line to like learn all that stuff. And from an athleticism standpoint, I I really like that Mylata is getting some reps at right go, right tackle. Yeah. Um, Vitae looked good. Uh, obviously no contact, whatever, yeah. but he was getting off the line pretty quickly. He was attacking really well. He had one um, pull that looked very clean. Um, whatever. I mean, I think he's going to be the starting right guard in week one if Brooks isn't there. And I think that's the right move. I think the idea of having Wiz be the ultimate interior backup always is a very smart move you don't want to get weaker at two positions at once so if kelsey went down you put in wisniewski if uh if isaac samalu goes down um uh you know so i think that's smart um again I, I think that the Eagles are doing a lot of the right things, except for talking about Matt Collins, obviously. <laughs> uh, also, I want to talk about this. So a lot of people look at the numbers game, and we brought up the 18 offensive linemen, and that seems really excessive. It is. But when you consider that they're not testing the specialists, and they have five returning tight ends who have all been in the system for at least six to seven months... What else do you want them to do? They have a ton of wide receivers. They have definitely really good... There's not really that many open roster spots, so why would you waste a body? Right. I think the offensive line is really important to figure out. They've got six guys that are guaranteed on the roster. I would say Vitae, if he's not traded, is guaranteed to be on the roster, so that's seven. You're going to keep nine to ten, depending on if Brooks starts on PUP. So, you know, those last two spots are important because not only are you preparing for this year, but you have to have some young guys that you develop. I mean, Jason Peters is going to be replaced by Dillard. That's fine. 
but Maylotta might not be your swing tackle. You don't know. Lane Johnson is one suspension away from being after the year. Poof, yeah. gone. Um, Brandon Brooks, we don't know how he's going to recover from Achilles surgery. Jason Kelsey was contemplating retirement to an extent. I mean, he and he was hurt. And he was hurt. And I mean, he, he, he takes, was there practice one, by the way, and he didn't have to be. Yeah, I mean, he, well, Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey and Malik Jackson are very similar players. They definitely love being at OTAs yeah. because. I just thought that was, like, I mean, this isn't a shot at the other guys, but that, like, he doesn't have, he's. Deshaun's Jason, there. Jason too? Kelsey doesn't have to show up at all if he doesn't want to. Right. I mean, Deshaun was there too. Yeah, I Deshaun thought that was, was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, kind of, Vinny Curry was there. Um, Tim Jernigan. Tim Jernigan looks like he wants to set the world ablaze. I mean, yeah, I was I was at his 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 post his post practice locker session was intense. I mean, he's ready to go. He he's ready to go. Like, I mean, I wasn't over there at the time. I was interviewing. Uh, I think I was interviewing Cody Kessler at the time, but. Wonderful. He's, he wonderful t- he takes. He's taken it all personally. What? And he should. Yeah. He frankly, we a lot of. I don't us think left, he likes that he had to get his contract declined and all that stuff. Well, and a lot of us it didn't leave him for dead, but we definitely didn't see him coming yeah, back. Yeah. He and Wisniewski are two guys that have a lot to prove this year and a lot, and and they're going about it the right way. I think. I said hi to Wisniewski. I said, "Hey, man, good to see you." He goes, "Great to be back." You know. <laughs> He's a guy that was outspoken about hating his role. Yeah. And he's a guy that's really willing to d- deliver. I also don't think he's that good of a right guard, which is why I think. Yeah, my time. backup center, yeah. He's a backup center. He's a backup. I'll say it was strange. It was a little strange that Zach Brown wasn't there, but I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, yeah, Brown, you know, I could see if they're trying to get him back in conditioning. Like, you know, he, he's only been in the offseason program for like a week or so, I think. So, um, and, and also, speaking of linebackers, Bradham has some injury, I think, a hand or something, somebody said. Or, I, I, I saw know. Jeff, Jeff McClain had it in his, I think, one of his stories. That one came out of nowhere. Uh, well, he had a hand injury in the playoffs, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's but what maybe that's what it was. But I think that's what I saw. I'm not 100% I, on that. Uh, we don't know that yeah. for a fact. So, it's early. It's not like worth worrying about. Well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, too, they wouldn't have re signed him and restructured his deal on an injury if they didn't. You know, feel like he was going to play yeah, this yeah. season and beyond. But um, I'll say one strange one was Miles Sanders not practicing like that. Yeah, he, he was full go in rookie minicamp, so I don't know what happened. But yeah, sometimes you tweak a knee. Or but I'll say Jordan Howard. I mean, he's not like crazy fast or anything, but he, he was looking pretty good out there. Yeah, he looked. He actually looked thinner than than when he first got to. I mean, everybody says that because yeah. you have the optics. But yeah. um, and then this is Donald Pumphrey's time to shine because he always looks shifty this time of the year, and you. Trick yourself yeah. into thinking he's like a good running back, and then then it gets the training camp in the preseason, I, and then they I, don't even play him at all. I was sitting next to I think uh, Dave Zingaro from uh, uh, NBC Philly, and I went, "Who? Oh, oh man!" Because because <laughs> Pumphrey just like zigged and zagged through line. I'm like, "Oh, he got a lot of touches." He did. Well, I mean... I mean, because when they put Thorson or Cody Kessler in there, they pretty much just handed it off. So yeah. it was him and, like, Boston Scott for that. Yeah, and those were the two main returners, too, for the day. Uh, they've actually got a lot of options. Uh, I got an article coming out on Saturday, but um, they've, they've got a lot of options at kick returner. So uh, that should be interesting. Um, you had a couple of, uh, you know, what-ifs and some questions for us, didn't you? Yeah, so, I mean, we covered a lot of the OTA stuff, but... So give me, like, one overreaction you have coming out of OTA. You can overreact as much as you want because we're telling people that we're overreacting. Like, whether a good or a bad thing. Hmm. Camus Grugier-Hill is definitely a starter. 100%. 
Uh, he was the only guy that was consistent with the first team throughout the practices. You, you mean like, so you mean in like their base defense, or do you mean he's like he, their number two linebacker? He the... he's at worst their number two linebacker. Oh, so you think, I think he's ahead of Zach Brown? He, yes. Okay. Uh, I think that he's going to have a heavy role. I mean, it could have been that he was the only experienced guy that had had starting experience in that first group. It was him and Nate Gary originally, and then they rotated Warlow and and LJ Ford in there. But I think he's going to be the starting weak side linebacker this year. For sure. Uh, I think the reason why I think that he's he's more likely than Zach Brown is, is I could see Nigel Bradham being the Mike in nickel, and they play nickel so much uh, that that could be the case. I also think they like Camus' speed. He's cheap, uh, so if they wanted to extend him down the road, there's not really a precedent of paying him a lot of money. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that I think they want to develop because maybe Nigel Brown's not here next year. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's my overreaction. <laughs> All right, mine, I'm sticking with Dallas Goddard. Uh, I'm convinced that he's going to be higher in the pecking order than Nelson Aguilar this season. Oh, that's not a huge. I mean, for a slot receiver or the number two tight end, like that's it's pretty rare for that to be a, a thing. Sure. Unless you're the Patriots. Yeah, that's true. But they are going to have probably more of a Patriots like offense now yeah. that they know what they got. I mean, it, 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 it again, just looking not like without even without Alshon Jeffrey practicing, like it's ridiculous how many weapons they have. They yeah. They, if everybody stays healthy, including Wentz, like this offense should be at the 2017 level, if not better. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Speaking um, of Jeffrey. What? Speaking of Jeffrey. Oh uh, yeah, yeah we can, yeah we can get into that. So segways. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we're talking about that. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote about it, but um, so there was like a sporting news ranking. They do a lot of rankings. I generally don't agree with them. I would say. I, they, I would say the did majority a co- of they people. did a coach one today too that fires people up because Doug Peterson was all the way at seven. Yeah. And he like he's either beaten or won as many or more Super Bowls than everybody had him besides Belichick. McVay was at two. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that the obsession man. Blows yeah. my mind. We're, we're not getting into that discussion because. <laughs> It, I mean, we, everybody agrees with us on that one, yeah. I think. Um, maybe not everybody, but in Philly, they do. people listening to this podcast agree with us. <laughs> but uh, so, Austin Jeffrey, they did a top 25 wide receiver list. Uh, let me pull up the players. I was particularly alarmed that they had it. Austin Jeffrey wasn't listed is the main thing. And I think you and I are both, can both be in uh, absolute agreement that he's one of the 25 best receivers in the NFL, right? Yes, but it's not as... Is, yeah, yeah, I think he's in the back half of it. But it's he's, not as it. clean cut as a lot of people. Well, he it's more than it's more than the numbers with him. Like you have to look at beyond the numbers when you're right. If you wanted to look at the numbers last year, I think he finished 28th or 29th in yardage, and then he was he did miss three games, but right. Uh, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just saying. Uh, and he was ranked 29th by Pro Football Focus. Here's the thing, though. He missed three games. He was projected over that span to go over 1,000 yards. There were 20 wide receivers that went over 1,000 yards. Here's why it's kind of delicate, right? So 25, you have to be a number one wide receiver. And I think the issue is with Jeffrey, he's probably not an ideal number one. He's definitely not their number one receiver because Zach Ertz is clearly that guy. Um, He's the number one wide receiver. But so I can see the argument that you would make for that. That said, I don't think any, any just, I don't think you can put a value on his big playability. It's not about how many plays he makes, it's about when he makes those plays and how he makes those plays. Um, 
I think Jeffrey's probably a top 25. I don't know if I'd put him in the top 20 or the top 15, but he's definitely a yeah. top 25. Well, so there's a stat that uh, Kevin, our friend Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad found. My guy. Um, and I th- it, it kind of like tells you like the, exactly what he's good at. So in 2018, he had an average separation of two and a half yards per target, hmm. which is not much. Right. That's like really low. Yeah. That means because yeah, that means he's not getting any space to operate. Well, he's not and he's and yet he still caught 70% of his passes last season. Mm-hmm. Um, the only two other players to have that short of a, a stretch between them and that high of a percentage of catches, 70% or more, was DeAndre Hopkins and OJ Howard. Like, so the idea being that he catches almost all of his 50-50 balls. That's why him and Nick Foles are such a good pairing because Nick Foles kind of just throws it up and he goes up and gets it. He's really good on the sideline. Uh, I think he's pretty good after the catch once he gets – like, he's hard to bring down. Again, like, he's not he's not a DeAndre Hopkins. He's not an Antonio Brown. Like, I get that. But he, he he's much more than his number. Like, he the defense has to account for him when he's out there, and that opens things up for Zach Ertz. Like, Zach Ertz – probably doesn't have as good of a season if Alshon Jeffrey's not next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I mean, so, some of the, so some of the guys that they had ahead of him that I was, especially like for some of these younger guys, they had Mike Williams from the Chargers, who I like, but he had, he's had one season where he had 600 yards is his best season so far. Like That's a projection. Like, uh, that's a projection. Um, DJ Moore, that's a projection. He's fast. He only had two touchdowns and less yards mm-hmm. and less catches. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, no. Oh, no. I, I And, I, again, I, I point to him because it's something you have to factor in. You mentioned how they have Zach Ertz as the number one guy. So his numbers aren't going to look as good when you have other good players around you. Tyler Lockett, T- Doug Baldwin was a shell of himself last year, and they have no other pass-catching options in Seattle. So Lockett had more yards and touchdowns than Jeffrey. Well, where's the factor, too, in, hey, this guy played with a – torn shoulder yeah, for an entire saying. season his first year yeah. and then he's was and he still had some of the best catches I've ever seen in the playoffs like he's a gamer I mean he had the Super Bowl I mean he had one of the best wide receiver postseasons we can yeah. remember the, that highlight reel I, I watch it I'm still amazed like the, the touchdown catch he had in the Super Bowl was amazing he had I think the Vikings team he had another insane one and I think outside of maybe Kelsey and Peters he's probably the most respected player on offense too and like that, how people, many people, people say love, that about a wide that's, receiver I, as I wrote in my story it's like any almost any other player he has a drop that pretty much ends their season against the bears mm-hmm. we weren't talking oh, about saints against the saints sorry i keep thinking yeah. bears. if it had been the bears it would have been worse because all the yeah. stuff he said <laughs> but uh best hands in the league well i was talking more about yeah. i only i only went to chicago for work i, I love philly or whatever it was um, yeah, thanks for putting him on black <laughs> no i mean that was a great quote it was. um so he drops that catch and not only do his teammates immediately come out and support him, or the, the, but the fan base, like a Philly fan base, that is not very forgiving if you if you blow something at the end, and that that's not even a that hasn't even been a storyline this offseason. Like usually, if it like the season didn't necessarily end because of that play, but it ended on that play, and it hasn't even been. I mean, I'm sure when we talk to Alshon eventually this offseason, it'll come up. But like, I think that says a lot about the respect everybody in this city has for Alshon Jeffrey. He's like one of the realest players I think I've yeah. ever. Yeah, like, he doesn't say much, but he like says what he's thinking. Like such, it's not even necessarily subtle, but just the way he like he'll just say what he's thinking. He's like, oh rat. Yeah. J- Jason Peters is kind of that way, and he's too. the one who like declared. I forget who it was that told the story of like declaring that they were going to win the Super Bowl before yeah, he, the season yeah, uh, in 2017. The uh, the interview about being oh man, it, it like resurfaces every now and then. He's like. <laughs> 
one of the best. If you haven't seen it, it's where like uh, it's somehow a guy got a one on one with him in Minneapolis. Like the media media thing is insane there, obviously because there's so many reporters, and he's like asking about the weather. He's like, it's in a dome. Yeah. And, like the, and there's like oh, and the best was like he's like because Justin Timberlake was having a concert or something. <laughs> he's like he's he's just a celebrity. He, I mean, I mean, yeah, like what are you gonna meet him or something? Why do I need to meet him? He's just like you and me, breathe the same air as I do. Like, and they're just shutting this guy down, and it's like it it still blows up. Like it's two, almost two years. Something that <laughs> I think. Universal to Philly too. Um, just going from another team uh, and having you know obviously covered road games and stuff. Eagles players want to know the why of your question. Why are you asking this? Michael question? Bennett was big on that. Yeah, Chris Long. Chris Long wants deadpan to me, and I, I it's like the first time I've been like really shook in a one-on-one opportunity. And he goes, you know, I'm not going to rank my defense. I asked him about like where, how great of a job Jim Schwartz is doing with all these injuries on defense. He goes, I'm not going to rank my defensive coordinators. And I just like froze and it was just like, that's not what I was asking, but I guess this interview is over. Uh, you know, just a very, uh, very interesting. Oh, we have, do we even talk about Chris yet? No, we, we can, we can end with him. Cause yeah. Yeah, so I guess since our last podcast, he he announced his retirement in like a very Chris Long way, late Saturday night, uh, with a photo of like a red solo cup with like a beautiful landscape in the background. Yeah, and like he didn't like say the words "I'm retiring," so it was like, wait, he's retiring, right? right? And and it was like confirmed and blah blah blah. And he's like, and now he's like gone all in on just saying what he thinks on Twitter, which is great. He's talked about how he smoked weed all. No, I don't know about smoked weed, but he used marijuana because you don't know if he was eating edibles or something. Yeah, you know, I'm not, sure. I'm not making it. I'm not, I'm not. You know, he's keeping his words like making it. Yeah. Making assumptions, but I mean, he—he's he been arguing for like how players like marijuana shouldn't be as punishable as it is in NFL. That—that's not, not a well, discussion. But and to crystallize that, a player once told me they know when the tests are coming, so either you're an idiot and, or I think you, you only do the marijuana ones once a year too right right I think that's and the, what Chris the, quote, the quote was you're either an idiot if you get caught or you have a serious problem like yeah. that was but, like I mean and the point is being that it shouldn't be an issue of having like getting right. caught blah 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 but anyway so Chris Long announced his retirement this is something we've kind of figured it was coming for a while he said they told him he was gonna have a smaller role uh, I don't even think that was like an offensive thing to him. It was more you have all these guys coming back, so he wasn't going to play as much as he did last year. Mm-hmm. And well, the thing is too is Malik Jackson being the yeah. three technique. You don't need to move Brandon Graham inside, which is where Chris Long would yeah. typically come on the field and have his most action. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked a bit about um, the concerns about defensive end, um, and I think we both agree it's more like if somebody gets injured, problem than a talent problem. Yeah. Even not necessarily depth. Like the fourth defensive end, like the snaps are kind of skewed from last year because Derek Barnett got hurt. So it looks right. like there was four guys who played a lot, but in reality it was just Bennett, Graham, and Chris Long. But even when they did have a fully healthy unit the year before, he played 48% of the snaps. That's a heavy snap load. But yeah. that said, again, with Brandon Graham not moving inside, that's going to change that role. Like I would expect them to typically get like maybe 20% of the snaps. About... You know, let's say they play 60 snaps a game. That's, what, 15 snaps a game? So, uh, I'm terrible at math. You can check the math at home. You can correct us in the comment section. Um, so, yeah, that's actually probably 25%. So, that's 25%. So, 12, 12 snaps. Um, I think that's actually right. Go, go me. Um, I hope it is now. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, 12 snaps a game, that's good for a developmental defensive end. They have Josh Sweat. They have Sharif Miller. Uh, 
they like Joe Osman. Uh, I think love would be the right word. Yeah. Well, but some part of me is just kind of like maybe he's that guy that's like the perennial practice squad player, or he's the new. Stephen or he's going to get twenty sacks this year. Could go either way. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> he's got a pretty loyal following. He's, from, he's bulked up too. Dude, yeah, he looks yeah, huge. Yeah. He's uh, he's like short. He kind of has to be because he's like smaller than everybody else. Yeah. But. But, you know, yeah, there, there are small defensive ends that have done well. Yeah. Look at Philip Hunt. Look El, at Elvis Doomerville. El, yeah, well, I was that's, that's putting him more on a lower yeah, level, yeah, yeah. but yeah. That's uh, just the first one that came to my head, though. Um, you know, Trent Cole was his pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. He came into the league at like 230. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the problem isn't a talent issue at all. It's they have – they have, okay, so they have – Derek Barnett, who's coming off shoulder surgery. They have Brandon Graham, who's over 30. And then behind them, they have Vinnie Curry, who's over 30, and not really necessarily that prolific of a pass rusher. So that's their three guys that are proven. Behind them, they have four guys that have played a combined 12 games and combined for... And most of that is like Deshaun Hall, pretty much. Right. And have... Well, actually, no. He's only played four games. Oh, he didn't really play for the Panthers, huh? No, he played one game for the Panthers. Uh, Josh Sweat played nine games and had one tackle. Yeah. So Hall had a half a sack. So yeah. Had a half a sack between the four of them. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem. Is you're fine with them taking twelve to fifteen snaps a game. The issue is, is let's say Derek Barnett has a relapse or uh, a shoulder, a shoulder issue. He didn't, he didn't practice either, by the way. Right. He was out there in, in yeah. the uniform, though. Um, let's say Brandon Graham has an re injures his ankle for two games. Cool, you can have Vinny Curry start, but you this is a platoon defense. And especially on the defensive line, Malik Jackson can play in. Yeah, I, was say, I wonder at that in. point how much they make him almost a full-time defensive end. Yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of having Timmy Jernigan yeah. and Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, that said, you don't want Malik playing defensive end all game. I mean, as, as you pointed out with the offensive line, you don't want to make two positions worse. We, we don't. We As much as Tim Jernigan is motivated, we don't know where he's at. Exactly. And, you know, we we both like Trayvon Hester. Uh, you know, I'm really intrigued by Hassan Ridgeway. I liked him coming out of college. You have to have a guy who's athletic. I think Josh Sweat can be the guy, but they have to give him the opportunities to do that. You know what I mean? He's gonna, he's, those guys, Miller and him are getting a lot of snaps in the preseason. Like you're gonna say, yeah. I, I mean, they need to at least. Miller. What, what, so what's intriguing about the two of them, and not to get off, go off on a tangent, but like they're very different players. Josh Sweat is an extremely athletic, long guy. Miller is like a brick house. Like he's a big end, and so. He's a very, both of them are very raw, but they're raw for different reasons. Miller kind of has to develop pass rushing moves. Sweat kind of has to get used to playing a 4 3 defensive front again, just because he was so mishandled at FSU. They made him basically a five technique. Uh, so basically, they used him, you know, I mean, had he gained weight, he could have been like Malik Jackson, but he hasn't, and he's a very lanky guy. So he needs to win with speed and burst. So it'll be interesting to see how the two of them battle. Uh, I know, Deshaun Hall, Osman, they're unique fits too. We'll see. Derek Morgan's still out there. He's the yeah. one guy that makes sense to me. Yeah, the, the rest of them are very uninspiring, but that's like a fourth guy. Yeah, yeah. I would never have Derek Morgan start out like a, a above Benny Curry or anything like I, that. I will say the Eagles, back through Chris Long before we uh, tap out, they're, they're, they are going to miss his presence in that locker room. For sure. I, I'd argue he might... If not the number one, he's one of the he was one of the top three most liked guys in that locker room. Absolutely, I mean, you saw that Walter Payton campaign. They all, the guys are still wearing shirts. You saw the guys coming out in support. Like he, 
in just two years, it feels like he was here longer than two years because he Philly embraced him. He embraced Philly. The locker room absolutely loved him. I mean, Michael Bennett, who you know isn't always easy to get along with, they were like best friends. Like mm-hmm. it. They're going to miss him for sure. I mean, you and I, we've acknowledged before, we grew up following this team. We know this team pretty well. Um, I can't think of a guy who had it. I mean, Connor Barwin was here for four years. He's maybe the closest guy to having like a short stint and yeah. really grip. It's like him, LeGarrette Blunt, and Chris Long were the three guys that. Like the, the short time became fan favorites sort of. Right. Like people will remember them forever. Long more than the other two guys. Like yeah. Pretty clearly, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. All right, we'll end on that note. And Golden Tate, of course. Yeah, Golden Tate, Giants fan. Like <laughs> to get his jersey lifetime number Giants. retired here. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure we'll make fun of Golden Tate a lot this season. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'll come later. All right, uh, we'll get a podcast to you guys after the next OTA practice we weren't able to this week. But thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Deuces.